riding down the Harland Highway. Hit the theme music and off we go. Oh, listen to that guy. Is that the bare naked ladies? You're not even bobbing your head. It's like your music is dead to you. I'm deep. I'm deep in musical thought. But most people they do and you're just like nothing. I'm every every endeavor for me is a game of poker. I don't want to be red. Oh, so you're not, you don't want to give anything away. I should put my sunglasses on. Oh, I left them in the next room. Well, why would you need your sunglasses? I don't want to be red. I want you to read my pupils. Oh, I see. So this is going to be a game of cat and mouse oh, here today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Am <laughs> I the cat game. or the mouse? You're the ultimate prey. Really? Yeah. So that means you're the cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do I have to do, like, mice teeth for the... That'd be nice. For the whole podcast? No. Half. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Harland Highway podcast. And uh, what do you think of my logo, guy? Yeah, very clearable. Like, I don't know if anyone else has that. Really? Yeah, I think you're good. It's probably public domain, Harland Highway, you know? Wait a minute. Do I detect a little bit of jealousy? Is this the first part of the cat and mouse game here? <laughs> Did I just make the Oh, first... it is me gone. Did I just make the first move? <laughs> No, it's a wonderful logo. It's a good logo, right? Yeah, because it's done like on a highway sign. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the theme of my, my podcast is, you know, we just go down the road and jump off all the exits and see mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. So Adam Carolla is here, everybody. So, God, man, your resume, like I want to say podcaster first and TV personality and comedian and race car driver and boxer and producer and movie producer. I mean, you, you, what don't you do, Adam? Um, I don't make beds. Really? I discovered that about myself. I'm just not good at it. I don't yeah. like it. I look at it as kind of a waste of time because we're yeah. going to undo it later on that night. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not a bed maker, so that... That is one of the things I don't do. But don't they? Don't think all the guys in the military say the first thing you do, the first sign of a, a smart, good, put together human being is a guy or girl who wakes up and makes their bed first thing in the morning. What do you say to that Full Metal Jacket? Well, those guys get eight hundred and twenty-seven bucks a month, so I don't know if they're the <laughs> yeah. brightest people on the planet. I, mean, I don't know how much we want to mold our lives yeah. after guys who don't make a thousand bucks a month. But I, I do agree. Those right. there are those habits, like those hells, yeah. where right. you know, like I'll clean up my hotel room before I leave it. You will? I won't make no. the bed, but I will clean up. I'll throw away a bottle. I'll take what? care of this. I just straighten up. You know what? I have the exact opposite, and I, I don't want to sound boorish, but when I'm in a hotel room, I'm like, I've just alleviated myself of any responsibility to clean and be neat. So when I leave, there's the Papa John's box. I leave mm-hmm. it open with the crust. Mm-hmm. The towels are on the floor. The, the soap's everywhere. Like all the wrappers that I had, they're everywhere. And I'm not trying to be mean, but... It's like, I need that. That's like a release. You're purging. I think it is. It's almost my way of not going, you know, becoming a shooter or something. Mm. You know? So that's the only thing between you and a mass shooting? Well, then I would say you should continue to do it. (laughs) 
for me, there are other levels I need to get to before yeah. the mass shooting starts. Yeah, but yeah. if it's just the Papa John's box, <laughs> yeah, yeah. then I think I speak for all of America yeah. and most of law enforcement <laughs> yeah. when I say continue okay. on the path you're on, Harlan. Okay. Stay on that highway. And when I say mass shooting, I don't mean gunning down humans. I'm too compassionate. I, I mm. love humans too much. I'm talking like shooting up endangered trees. Oh, okay. Maybe a a rare species of manatee, which sounds really mean, but you got to remember, I'm in the red zone. I'm enraged. I don't want to hurt a sea cow. Right. But if I got to gun an endangered sea cow down to get the frustrations of Mm. society out of my system, what's a guy to do? No, I think anyone who's had a teenage son who when the kid's feeling frustrated and pent up, yeah. you say, son, take it outside, shoot a sea cow, get your head together, and then come back and finish dinner. So that's good fatherly advice. It's, it's sagely, it's been around for long as humans shoot have been Shoot a sea cow. Should that be a bumper sticker to help in this, this dangerous, crazy world we live in? I, I, I think, you know, I have a theory, yeah. which is... Here we go. If you would like your house not to be robbed, yeah. then you put an NRA sticker in the front window. Okay. Or a Confederate flag, depending yeah. on what neighborhood you live in. You know what I have in my house? How many cats you have for the fire department. See, that'll get your house robbed. You know what I have to prevent my house getting robbed? I'll let you finish, but I'm hmm. proud of this. I, you know, some people put these statues of an owl, like mm-hmm. they have an owl to keep birds off their house. Sure. To keep my house from getting robbed, I have a full six foot three statue of OJ. Oh, smart. In a football pose, in a tackle pose. See, I put a Korean liquor store owner on the roof <laughs> oh, yes. with a long gun. A, a real one or a statue? Oh, it's just a statue, yeah, not yeah. a maniac. A foam one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah because, wow. you know, during the L.A. riots when the shit went down, mm. that's... Those guys stood their that ground. That slowed people's roll. Those are the only guys that really like yeah. were like old-time Western Americans. Like, yeah. you come on my property, you're going to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't let you finish. Sorry. So, oh, the manatee bumper sticker. Yeah, it might prevent people from tailgating you or getting a little too aggressive on the highway. Yeah, but what if they're really like animal activists and they get enraged that you had the audacity to put what was your slogan? Shoot a sea cow. Yeah. Don't you think that's going to trigger like someone who works for the Rainbow Warrior ship or Greenpeace? You know, certain parts of Florida, but out here in LA, people are mainly going to be confused and leave you alone. Probably because there's no sea cows on this coast. That's my point. It's too cold. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's some logic to your sea cow madness. I, uh, yeah. There's a method. Have you? As your? Have you ever been the victim of a robbery? Your car or your house or anything? Uh, back when I used to be poor and have to like park on the streets and Hollywood and, you know, and it was the eighties and mm. people were stealing people's car stereos and cars were getting stolen a lot and okay. stuff like that. I got my truck stolen a, c- a couple times. A couple? Yeah. What kind of truck? Um, it was an 84 Nissan pickup truck. And, uh, Are you sure they just weren't doing you a favor, guy? Well, uh, t- uh, to I, say that and truck in the same sentence. It was sentences. a durable mini pickup truck that... Uh, what was the next rig? A Tonka? How I mean, dare dude, you. Well, come on, a Nissan? That's, that's like driving around a lipstick. Mini pickup truck. Very durable. 
economically uh, very strong, fuel efficient. I did a lot. I worked out of that truck for years. Can we just say you had it coming like you deserved to have that thing stolen twice? And if the first time wasn't a lesson, you probably should have learned it the second time. I put a fuel cutoff switch in it so they couldn't get very far. How far could they get? About 100 yards, maybe. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, if it was a couple of miles, well, that's still a long walk. You could get maybe a mile or so after I shut the fuel off because there was still fuel in the carburetor float bowl, like a cup of fuel that would get you maybe a mile or two away. But I started to figure it out, and I would reach down and shut it off a mile from my house. So it was pretty much out by the time i got to Just front of so my apartment I'm clear you had a fruit bowl in your truck float bowl oh a float bowl mm-hmm. isn't that part of a toilet it has a tank a toilet has a tank but isn't float bowl the thing in your toilet when you flush that's in the, the ball co- cock valve with the float above it yeah <laughs> excuse me home <laughs> yeah. depot junior <laughs> sorry god Car- yeah first we had carl's junior now we that's got home, home depot junior yeah Wow, okay, amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know it's amazing, but I, I prevented my truck from being stolen twice. You know, that. see, just hearing you talk like that, that's the one thing I wanted to ask you about because this you're one of the, my buddies that I feel like you know something about everything. Like hmm. when I listen to your, your podcast, when I talk with you, it's like there's never a topic I can bring up and you don't know something about it, I feel like. I'm not a manatees expert, but I do know something <laughs> about them. But you did defer immediately to sea cow, That's which true. a lot of people might not have. So you knew something about it. You knew they didn't live on this coast yeah. as part of your strategy. I know more than the average person who was born and bred in North Hollywood about sea cows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then can I just, like, just random, and this isn't to try and trip you up. Mm-hmm. This is just, I just, when I'm walking around the house and we're not together... Mm -hmm. If I'm making French toast or I'm flipping some pancakes and I'm thinking of my buddy Adam, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, what doesn't that guy know? And so these aren't trick questions. I'm just going to throw a few randos at you. All right. And you let me know if, you know, if you know something about them, maybe you can. First one, just a rando going back to aquatic sea life, horseshoe crab. Does that? Oldest creature on the planet. See? Immediately, you only didn't even, on the East Coast. You didn't even blink. No, like you, it, it is. It is one of the oldest creatures, living creatures on the planet. But like the manatee, East Coast. That's they right. They don't have them out here. See, <laughs> who knows that? <laughs> I you, don't know. you. Do you, I gotta ask this though, because I know this. Do you know what color their blood is? No. Okay, I thought you immediately. They have blue blood. Well, I would have guessed it's something other than red yeah. just because of the question. But no, I, I won't be honest. I don't know. But just that you knew that they were one of the most primitive, oldest. Okay, great. I knew you'd, knew, you'd know something valid. How about the Hydron uh, Collider? Is that how you say it? The, the Hydron Collider. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like Los Alamos type stuff, you know, where they're trying to get I, I don't know, weaponized cells. Not weaponized, but they're trying to create energy from 
I don't know if it's fission or fusion or whatever whatever they're trying to do, but I've heard of the whatever collider. Yeah, the giant. It's a giant, giant loop. Giant yeah. loop in uh, in Fran- on the border of France and Switzerland. But how come we don't? How come nothing yields? You know, we're back to coal and fracking. Like, yeah. where is yeah. our power plant? Yeah, right. Where is this thing? Yeah, they built this giant thing. It's seventeen miles in circumference. Right. It's five hundred yes. feet beneath the earth. Every almost every civilized country on the on the planet has contributed to it, and we're still dealing with coal and and uh, you know BP unleaded fuel. Yeah, I I don't I it, it's been spoken about yeah. ad nauseum for a million years, but no one's ever come out with that personal power or the power that's you know nuclear and then there's coal and there's hydro and uh there's there's uh, natural gas and all that kind of stuff but this is the this is the would be the manhattan project of power yeah i I don't i don't get why we don't have that i think what it does it 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 smashes um molecules together and, mm-hmm. and they're looking for ways to harness the energy that it, it's too complicated for me but i me just too. oh really i don't so, i've just heard about you the, knew it okay so that one's a little bit of a stump the collider yeah okay mm-hmm. what about something in the same this is the last one because i'm just you know the uh the microwave for example mm-hmm. any any thoughts or we didn't have one when I was growing up, okay. <laughs> that that's number one. That's so I wasn't I wasn't able know. to study it up close. <laughs> I do. My thoughts on the microwave is yeah. I like the ones that would be at the AM PM in the early '80s because yeah. they didn't have a timer. They had a picture, picture of a burrito, <laughs> yeah, picture yeah, of yeah. a hot dog, yeah. picture of a corn dog or yeah. a taco, and you just pointed it at that. Yeah. And I wish the home version had that. Yeah. I want that one that just has a cup of coffee that needs yeah. to be heated up or a hard-boiled egg that's going to explode or <laughs> whatever it is. I Or maybe you put your own pictures yeah. on there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you like, you know, chicken pot pie. So Harlan uh, Williams would have a chicken pot pie, little picture. Yeah. No guesswork about is that six minutes or nine minutes. Yeah. I'll tell you an incredible time-saving device I came up with. With the microwave? Yeah. Okay. I remember saying, you know, instead of put it in for 30 seconds and you press the three, and you have to lift your finger and drag it over to the zero and press that, just go 33 seconds. Yeah. It's no different than 30 seconds, and you save yourself all the time of having to pick your finger up and move it somewhere. That's kind of brilliant. Yeah, I shared that information with my son. I was like, listen, yeah. boy, I'm going to save you months of, of, of manual labor. Don't put anything in the microwave for 33 seconds. For 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Put it in for 33. 33. Bing, bing. You never yeah. have to lift your finger. What's an extra three seconds? Yeah. And he said, or I can just hit the button that says 30 seconds. Yeah. And I was like, oh, th- those didn't exist. Yeah, that's Back true. Back in the day. But Somebody figured this one out. Doesn't your microwave have the, just where it says popcorn or like it says the word, but no. it doesn't have the icon? No. What? What I year is your microwave? One. Same as your Nissan? <laughs> 1984, yeah. 
dude. Mm-hmm. All the microwaves now, it actually sent, like, it doesn't have pictures, but it has the words popcorn, it steak. It does. Yeah, I'll show you later down in the uh, cafeteria. Yeah, you know, I'll take your word for it. And now a little word from our sponsor, ShipStation. Holy smokes, the holidays are coming up, and we all have to do our shopping and our shipping and all that crazy stuff. Uh, You know how it works, all last minute. And if you have an online store and you want to get everything moving, uh, you're buried in your your orders and your emails and you're stressed out, well, you're going to wish you had this uh, ship station. It turns holiday ship storms into smooth sailing so you can keep your customers happy and still find some time to enjoy that delicious creamy eggnog. Mm. Um, and listen, I, I know. I've, I've got online stores, and I know what it's like to be uh, running around mailing and shipping. And it's, it's just too much work. The holidays are already stressful enough. So uh, you got to get with ShipStation. You can manage every order you have from one simple dashboard, automate your routine shipping tasks, print shipping labels, and easily compare rates and delivery times to optimize every holiday shipment. Um, Get ShipStation. It makes everything a no-brainer. You'll save money. You'll save time. You'll save stress. Um, And you know what? I'm going to give you a promo code so you'll even get two months to try it for free. Yeah, that's right. So why don't you join the ship station uh, family, and uh, and get in there, get on there, and here's the uh, the promo code that I'm going to give you. This is like my little holiday present to you. Use the promo code Harland. That's my name, H A R L A N D, today at shipstation.com to sign up for your free 60 day trial. That's shipstation.com promo code. Harland. And uh, let's get into the holidays, gang. Let's get into the holidays. Let's start giving a ship. Shipstation.com. But I noticed when you said, what did you say to your kid? You said, listen here, boy. Listen here, boy. You know, the only other person I know that named their kid boy was Tarzan. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Called him boy. It was Jane, boy. Boy. And, and the, Tarzan. And the monkey was named? Hairy Boy? Cheetah. That's right. It's crazy. So wait a minute. Wait. Tarzan. What? We got to look it up. <laughs> Tarzan. Yeah, you know about everything. Come Tarzan on. named the boy, boy. Yeah. And the woman, woman. woman. But the chimp wasn't called chimp. It was called another animal the that's cheetah. completely different. Yeah. What the fuck? But wait, he didn't call... The woman, woman. He called the woman Jane. Wasn't oh, it? that's Jane. Yeah, Tarzan. you're right. So, so somehow he found a name, a proper English name from the English vocabulary, vernacular, mm. or whatever it is. Mm. The the monkey gets a completely wrong species. <laughs> yeah, and the boy gets a generic boy. Who is this? I feel Tarzan this guy? way about the band uh, U2. Why? Because I feel like when they're checking into the hotel. You got Bono up there, and he's yeah. like, hey, I'm Bono. They're like, wow, that's a cool name. And then the next guy comes up, and he goes, I'm, I'm the Edge. And he goes, yeah, it's cool. And then the third guy comes up and goes, I'm Larry. <laughs> and they go, what the? 
Is his name Larry? Yeah. Who's he, the drummer? Yeah, he's the other guy. <laughs> Larry's the other guy. <laughs> his name's Larry. He has to go to parties and just say, yeah, shouldn't worse. he have a cooler name than Larry? Yeah, that's the worst. That's what I think whenever I hear St. Louis. Have you ever been to St. Louis? Yes. It's like there was, there was no saint named Louis. Mm. That's like you're in the, like, okay, is there a St. Larry? Yeah. Like it's, the, 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 you can't throw a... But that would be a cool name for the YouTube guy. What? St. Larry. St. Larry, yeah. I'm Bono, I'm the Edge, Edge and I'm the Saint. St. Larry. Yeah, yeah, just Larry's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It worked for the Three Stooges, but not for him. Mm-mm. Gross. Yeah. Um, do you moisturize? No. Are you cereal? Yeah. You don't moisturize? <laughs> no, I do not. Have you ever? No. Should men moisturize, do you think? No. Why, you seem offended that I asked that. Your, your eyes glazed over you. You kind of got a little angry, it looked like. What's going on? I am a staunch proponent of moisturizing. But you don't do it. That's right. Why? And why are you mad oh, about it? Oh, I should, it? sorry, staunch opponent. I said oh, proponent. Opponent. I meant, those words are too close. Opponent. Yeah, yeah I'm a staunch why? opponent. I think most of that or all of it is really just um, Procter & Gamble trying to sell American. You know, dumb people stuff yeah you know i get compliments sometimes from people on my skin Mm -hmm. and they go you don't really have any wrinkles and your skin feels soft i let people touch my face all the time Mm -hmm. and uh and they go what do you do do you what do you moisturize what kind of soap do you use and i never wash my face ever my whole life unless i'm in the shower oh yeah even then i don't yeah i rinse off so what you're saying might have some truth to it. Oh, there's definite truth to not over-cleansing your body. That's for sure. Do you're just you, stripping away stuff your body's putting there. Your epidermal layers are yes. chucking it out almost mm-hmm. immediately anyways. But mm-hmm. do you put any type of thing? And the reason I'm asking, this might get a little creepy, and we can switch gears like real quick if you want to give me some kind of signal, like a twitch of your eye or a wink or something, but... You know, sometimes when we do these podcasts, we get like endorsements, right? Mm-hmm. And this place called Manscape. Have you ever? Oh yeah, I've heard of that. They yeah. sent me like a shaver, mm-hmm. but they sent me like a bottle of I've never seen this in my life, like testicle moisturizer. Oh really? Did you get any of that? No. Okay. Well, but I've I've heard of the product. So, I I. I don't, first off, I don't, you know, it's like my daughter played volleyball. Okay. And she played indoor volleyball. You said did. Did she lose her legs? <laughs> she, play, I don't know if she's still playing now, but okay. she, she plays indoor volleyball. Okay. Uh, you have to buy these super expensive volleyball shoes. You do? Okay. Yeah. Even though it's played on a basketball court in high school. Okay. Yeah. They have basketball shoes. Yeah. They're cheaper and they're more abundant. But you have special shoes for volleyball, even though whatever LeBron James is doing on the court, don't you think the 15-year-olds could handle it with a basketball shoe? Yeah, He seems to excel. Yeah. All I'm saying is stopping, cutting, jumping, hitting a ball. It's pretty much the same floor. It is the same floor. It's the same floor. floor. Why do we need a separate shoe? Yeah. That's Madison Avishu trying to make big money. 
Madison Avishu. I just made that up. That was kind of cool. It almost went by me, but I caught it because we are in a game of cat and mouse, and I'm That's not letting right. anything go by, guy. That's right. Screw you. Yeah, they're I just let making some Madden shoe go by. Your ball moisturizer is no different than the stuff you put on your elbows. It's the volleyball shoe of moisturizer. Okay, we don't need it. Okay, so you're not avoiding this topic no, because the I'm next down. place I'm leaning in. The next place I was going to go with it, and this is weird because I don't normally like to talk about this stuff. I tried it. Mm-hmm. Like I thought when I got the product, and this was about like a month ago. I got mm-hmm. this little jar, and it's called ball moisturizer or something they use the word ball in it they're mm-hmm. pretty brazen so i thought it was sort of funny you and ever I, golf yeah you know those things that say ball washers yeah do not mess that one up oh you're a guy's very literal with the ball yeah. <laughs> commands and i'm just saying you stuff that in continue there and you're gonna talk yeah. like mickey mouse for the rest <laughs> of your life that's right uh but but i i was i was like i'll never use this what a joke like come on i was gonna throw it out and i thought well they must have done some research or something. So I thought, yeah, I was you know, part of that experiment. You were, oh yeah, you were part of Operation Ball Bag. I was placebo ball nut cream, so I don't know if it actually worked or not. Wow, yeah, God, maybe I going. want to stop talking. No, about keep this. going. You want to keep ball? You Your want, listeners demand answers. They want the ball talk. <laughs> That's right. Okay, the balls in my court, I guess. <laughs> but so I tried this stuff. <laughs> I hate to get graphic, but. I, Put some in the hand, mm-hmm. you know, got, sure. got under the hood, slapped it around, kind of felt pretty good. Yeah. It was sort of refreshing. <laughs> like, is that weird? Is it weird for two guys to even talk about I don't about know, it? but I, it is. But I've I never would, done that in my life. I would reckon that 86% of people who apply ball moisturizing cream beat off within the first 14 Come minutes. On, no. I'm sorry. No. I'm not saying you're in that 86%. No. You could be in the 14 outlier. No, because it it says it on the thing. It's like a it. it they kind of. I'm just saying how much moisturizer you're going to put down in your nether regions well, before. Here's the thing: Have you mm. ever accidentally like got toothpaste or Vicks VapoRub or Tiger Bomb on your little friend? When I was playing football in high school, I got some stuff that was 10 times as hot as the Tiger Bomb that was Ooh. supposed to be put on my shoulder, but I ended up itching myself down there, and that, that was tough. Right? Mm-hmm. It goes down your urethra like someone stuffed a fire-breathing dragon down your pee hole and That's told right. it to yawn. That's right. Like yeah. It's like a Dairy Queen Brazer burger down there. Yeah. So this 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 ball cream has a little bit of a menthol kick to it, guy. Mm-mm. Yeah, so I ain't I, I ain't going anywhere near the little friend. Mm. So it's just for the old Wally's the Bollies. I get it's dedicated to the sack. I'm just saying, how long can you moisturize down there before the mind starts to wander? You can't, because if you get that minty Baskin-Robbins mint chocolate chip, that that down in your urethra, you are going to be like... I'm not saying you use it. I'm saying it uh, reminds you. Okay. That's all. Okay. Would you ever use it? As I get, doesn't no. sound like. I think you might. I, you know, the day is young. Yeah. In fact, now that I looked in your eyes, you need a good ball <laughs> cream, guy. Come on. You're like one of those holistic healers, right? Ballistic. Yeah, ballistic healers. 
<laughs> where you can tell just by looking at someone's pupils by whether their nuts are moisturized enough, yeah, right? I can see a lot because as yeah. soon as you said cat and mouse game, it's it's on. It's on. I'm, I'm watching every little flicker and twinkle in your <laughs> Dolly Parton eyes, my friend. Thank you. Now, speaking of complexion and moisturizing, you were a boxer. So how is it that you your face is not, you don't look like you have uh, any remnants of a broken nose. I don't see any scar. But you were a boxer, right? Mm-hmm. So? Uh, good head movement, uh, weak opponents. Really? And the list goes on. But most, would it be fair to say that most guys and everyone watching what percentage of men, not boys, but men over 30, would you estimate have been hit in the face or taken a punch in the face in their lifetime in America? Uh, the same 86% that use the ball moisturizing. Now, I would say Damn. your average younger person, like 31, 35, Probably no, but as you get older, I would say that those people have experienced the punch in the face. Really? Because I, I, I feel like most men in their life have never been punched in the face. I would say most men, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. But the, the number gets higher as the demographic gets older. Because it at does. some point, your teacher would punch you in the face, like if you were 63. Wait, what? what where do you go? Born Quaker boarding school? Actually, did go to a Quaker school. I went to a in Quaker, Pennsylvania. I went to a Quaker boarding school. That's you why did? I said that. Well, really? people, are yeah. You, well, are look, you cereal? Look, my yes, my <laughs> kids will never know what it's like to be hit by a school teacher. Right, but people over fifty know what it's like to be hit by a school teacher. Wait, did you you really went to a Quaker school? Yeah, me too. Just for one year. I went for like three years, and they hit us around, man. Yeah, they're tough. So you really got hit around by your teachers? No, because I went in pre, like I was like in kindergarten or first grade oh, or something okay, like that. I, okay. was, I was young. Uh, had oh. I hung in, I'm sure I would have taken a beating. Because I, I'm not kidding. My Quaker school, the teachers were brutal. They would smack guys. That One of my teachers would walk up to guys Grab this meat right under your arm. Mm, it's yeah. so oh, tender. It's we had this one teacher. He would walk up and just grab guys and twist it. Ah. They would scream. Yeah. There was one teacher that would sneak into the class, and he'd come in. The, 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 the students were facing the chalkboard. He'd come in, and he'd just like go bang off the back of their heads. Yeah. It was crazy, man. Yeah. And and I just thought, oh, this is this is the way it is, you know? And then I... Then I got out of boarding school and went to like a Catholic school. And I was like, you hit a kid and you're going to jail. But at, at my boarding school, it was like common, man. Really? Yeah, I'm not well, even why kidding. Why a boarding school? Why did I go to a boarding yeah. school? Look at me. <laughs> no, my parents said it was because they wanted me to get a better education. Yeah. But I, I honestly think it's because they kind of, I was the only boy out of uh, five kids mm-hmm. and I was a bit of a troublemaker and I think it was more to get me out of you know get me out of the way because I could have been trouble mm-hmm. yeah and my dad was a politician 
Yeah. And I think the last thing a politician needs is, hey, uh, so-and-so's kid just uh, stole a monkey from the zoo or something, you know. He was a solicitor general. Yeah. So so, so I, think, I think that I was sent for ulterior reasons just besides getting a good education. Yeah, they wanted you out. <laughs> no doubt about it. Wow. Yeah. You, you think, because you know, like I said, you know all things. Yeah. So you think they wanted me out. For sure. Would you send your kids to boarding school? No. Why? I like them. So I wasn't like. I'm not saying that. I like when people say that. And yeah, then say, yeah, yeah. I didn't say that. It's so passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah. It's so under. Yeah. That's not what I said. I said, yeah. I like my kids. Yeah. Right. So I wouldn't send them to boarding yeah. school. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a bit drastic. I got to say, like, one day my dad just, like, out of the blue, mm. didn't ask me. He just mm. said, hey, get in the car. And I said, where are we going? He said, no, we're going for a ride. We, we drove to this this big, like, boarding. It had the pillars and the we, – we, we drove, like, way north of the, of the city we lived in in Toronto. And I go, what is this? He goes, this is a boarding school. You're going here. And I said, I don't, what? I don't, all my friends, my family. What grade were you in? This was uh, just coming into grade seven. Wow. Yeah, so seven, eight, and nine. So I, Holy crap. It was pretty, and, and my first instinct, Adam, was like, I'm running away from home. Like, that was the first thing that went in my head, but I was too little. I couldn't. Right. And boom, suddenly I'm in this Quaker boarding school. Yeah. Isn't that wild? They did not like you. Really? No. No. Can you talk to them for me, do you think? Or? Your parents or the Quakers? <laughs> which which do you prefer? I I think my agent represents the General Oates guy, the General Mills oh, guy. Yeah. He but, was great in Poltergeist, too. Yeah, he was a great Quaker. Yeah. <laughs> One when of he, the best. Remember when he came to the door, let me in. Let yeah. Me, oh, he had the hat and the teeth. Yeah, yeah. But what's it like for the guys that don't? that have never taken a punch or been in a fist fight. Because I, I actually th- have thought about this a lot over the years. I actually, prior to Fight Club becoming a movie, I actually sat down and started to write a, a script based on the fact that most men in their lifetime in, in this modern society, I don't think have really ever been in an all-out fist fight. And so my question is, what, what's, what do you think it's like to like, you've, you've taken a shot right to the face. What's it feel like? Does it just make you go numb? It doesn't hurt. I don't know, because you have adrenaline or whatever. It's really not about pain. Uh, but a- any shots behind the head will definitely throw the equilibrium off. Really? You know, badly. So yeah. a punch right smack in the face doesn't just numb it out? Because obviously I've been, I've been punched before, but I haven't, I've never had a full, like... Was a chick wearing a ring or anything? Did it leave a mark? A chick. I'm just assuming. Okay, okay, yeah. She was. I've been hit by a few women. You have? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of the Nissan? (laughs) I did. I had a girlfriend punch me. Come on. Mm Mm-hmm. For what, though? Tell me. Um... Oh, I played a I played a softball game. Okay, and I was supposed to come home after the softball game, and um, you know, go out to a movie and a dinner, or whatever. But instead, we just left the softball game. We went to a bar. You and the boys. Yeah, we okay. just hung out for too long, and by the time I got home, I was in any good condition to go out to a movie. Yeah. So I laid down on the bed, and then uh, still in my 
softball uniform. And then she walked into the bedroom and she said, stand up. <laughs> I thought, what? okay. And I stood up and she just punched me and I just fell back in the bed. She clocked you? Yeah. Where'd she hit you? In the face. Whoa, dude. I remember thinking to myself, good. Because you could end it. That you know, like good because that gave you the door to end the relationship, or you like no no it gave me the door to win the argument. You know now we weren't going to have to argue about why I didn't come home. She'd feel bad for punching me. Oh smart! So it was like worth it. You That's, know what I mean? I was like okay. you're drunk. She punched you in the face. Who cares? I remember that was my thought. But is that is that the same route that happens with abusive? men like once it starts you know they say with with men who beat women mm. if it happens once it's gonna keep coming did did she hit you again no no that was her, her last beat down why because you left her or no. you you told her like don't do that again like how did you resolve that no i didn't tell her that i didn't mind or i didn't huh. i didn't think much i i had no thoughts about it really like uh, honestly really? i was i was glad to not argue over my wrongdoings and to put the focus on her wrongdoings. So the minute that that contact was made, the energy shifted from you being the culprit to her being regretful. Yes. And wanting to pamper you and go, baby, I'm so sorry. I like that type of energy? The energy was she felt bad for punching me in the face. And so now the onus, it'd be like if, if a cop was pulling you over and he like walked up to the window and went like, Hey, uh, you had a few drinks tonight, whatever. And like a joint fell out of his pocket onto the ground or something. You yeah. both just looked at it. Yeah. He'd probably just get back in his car and leave. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that's what you'd want out of that experience, you know? I don't know if I'd be that lackadaisical about it. I think I'd I have you're to... making me think about it now. Yeah, but... are you still you're still with her, aren't you? Yes, we are. She's out in the car. Really? Oh yeah. Isn't it, it better not be the Nissan, dude? <laughs> I got an eighty six now. God. God. No, I never thought about her punching me in the face. I was never offended about it. And I never had any thoughts about it other than a, a, a sense of relief that she punched me. But I never really thought about my wiring to be upset or leave her or say, like, how dare you? I just, I never thought about See, it. See, that says a lot about you. And if you were my son, I'd probably immediately send you to boarding school with mm, that attitude. The Quaker school. Quaker? Yeah. I barely know. <laughs> Where was that? Quaker? Are you serial? <laughs> Uh, but wait a minute. Now, mm. this goes back to the boxer in you. Mm -hmm. Was this, because I got to break this down now. I've been hit by people who know how to punch. So, so you'd, you'd experience, so when your woman punched you in the face, it was just like, in your head, you're like, you call out a punch? Did you have that thought? Or were it like, it probably didn't resonate with you because you were used to it. It was familiar. The violence yes. to your face yes. was familiar. Facial violence, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I I was buzzed. I didn't hurt well, that wait much. Wait a minute. Now there's a new element in this violent mm. story. Mm -hmm. Now the violent story involves uh, illegal substances. What are we talking here, guy? Dark we're talking, heroin, we're talking going out after softball and drinking beers. Well, that's it? So that's, you, you were buzzed on what kind of beers, though? 
I'll say Molson just because you're Canadian. Canadian beer. Okay, so so when you're buzzed, you can kind of take the hit a little easier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. How old were you when this happened? 56, 53. Uh, you were 56 no, years No, I old. was um, 26, 27 okay. maybe. Uh, 26, something like that. Still friends with the beater, with the girl? No, she moved. She was from England, and then she moved back oh, to England. She gave you a right popper slap, did she? <laughs> yes, she did. Oh, you had it coming, mate. Mm-hmm, I did. Um, if you were a dog, mm-hmm. which she probably thought you were, mm-hmm. what would be the what would be if you could have one trait of a dog, like one thing that a dog does, and you could be human, what would it be? that you would consider an asset or a gain to you as a human being? I think an unbridled enthusiasm for something that was mundane and repeated on a daily basis. Oh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Because dogs can just, they do that. They actually sort of thrive on that, don't they? Yeah, I got a big 110-pound lab black labs name's phil and you know he gets up in the morning and i go phil when you didn't it which just means time to eat his tail starts wagging real hard yeah. and he's, he trots you know to the bowl he's excited about a bowl of kibble that he eats twice a day every day yeah for the last five years but he's equally as excited yeah. about the opportunity to get some of that tasteless kibble in his mouth yeah. once again even though it's just a weekday it's just another two scoops of kibble and and his his excitement about it yeah. is just unbridled so that leads me to ask is there something in your life that you're not as excited about that you wish you were more excited about that that is doing re- repetitive Doing this podcast, for instance, yeah. would be one of the right. things where I was like, God, oh yeah. man, it's the other direction from my house. Oh, boy. Yeah. But, uh, That's a yeah, toughie. you get to toughie. get up. Yeah, I get to get up and do what I want to do all day, every yeah. day. But you do so much of it that it kind of feels like a chore at some point, yeah. or at least the, the bloom is off the rose, you know? Yeah. But if you really just thought about it, you know, it's pretty exciting to lead the life that I lead, or if not exciting, at least super fortunate. I mean, considering what I used to do for a living, you know, as a carpenter driving around my 84 Nissan pickup truck, the idea that I just get to sit and talk and get paid. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty, I mean, it would have been a pinch me and not by your horrible teacher, pinch me i must be dreaming situation if i was sitting on a construction site and you know 1992 and you said this is what you get to do i would have been like that's insane yeah what is that job yeah and now it's like yeah you get up you go in and uh i don't dread it or anything but i wish i was a little more like phil my dog you know tail wagon trotting yeah yeah pumped up what what is it you can do to like pump it up more is there anything or is it kind of in in its flow or is there anything you can do to i think you have to have like a near-death experience every 11 days really yeah yeah have you ever wanted to die 
like not suicide, but have you ever had a moment where you're just where you're just like, fuck, I wish I was just dead. And I know that's a morbid question, but you made me think of it. It's really weird. Yeah, I have. I have had those fleeting thoughts when too many people are coming at me and life's a little overwhelming and you got a thousand emails or people need answers and you just think, man, I could just not be here. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be a lateral move for us. Yeah. I, I used to get that. Like I, when I was doing stand-up comedy and touring a lot, Mm-hmm. At the beginning of it, I just put it all in the hands of my managers, and so they planned all the travel. Sure. So if I had to go to, like, uh, Minneapolis or Cleveland or whatever, my manager would throw the travel arrangements to his assistant, who was a kid just out of college. College kids don't have a lot of money. So he'd map me out these routes, where it's like four flights to get to Cleveland for $120 instead of getting me the direct flight for $600 because in his mind, he's thinking economy. I've said this many times because this has been my path as well. I I feel your pain. The the thing is, is when the person who's who's making the travel plans, when they're getting on an airplane, when they're actually doing it, completely different mindset than when you're doing it on Sunday morning and they're asleep somewhere back in their West LA mansion. You know what I mean? It is. I've, I've had that a million times and it's always our fault because we never check it until that day. And then you go, why didn't we get a direct flight? First off, I can't get a direct flight from LAX to Vegas. Yeah. No, you have to stop in Merced. It's like, yeah. I didn't know they had an airport. Yeah, and then yeah. you're like, why are we doing this? And they're like, because it's $4 cheaper. Wow. But we have you leaving at 5 in the morning. And you're like, why did you do this? But then you also realize if you'd looked at the stupid itinerary two weeks ago, when, when they emailed it to you, you would have stopped then, but you never do. And then you go, what the hell is going on with this? And then you realize it's a real base thing it's like they're not traveling you're traveling right they're trying to save first off they don't care yeah they just want to save money yeah number one number two you waiting in the lobby at 5 a.m is neither here nor there to them because they're not going to be there so there's just a ton of that yes and that's the dilemma i had because i didn't even know that there were different routes when i got started i was naive. i thought if someone booked me from L.A. to Cleveland, and it took four routes. I just went, oh, I guess that's all they offer. Right. And I'm telling you, Adam, between getting up early, like at four in the morning, getting on that flight, going to the next flight, the next flight, the next flight, spending all day to go what a direct flight would do in six hours, you're now doing in 12 or whatever. There were times between that and getting in a taxi or parking, going to the busy airport... There were times when I'd sit on that plane. I don't get depressed easy. I don't get mm-hmm. bummed out. But there were times when I'd sit on that plane, and I swear to God, I'd just be like, please crash. <laughs> please That's crash. a little selfish because other people are celebrating honeymoons and anniversaries <laughs> and stuff. I know. <laughs> Isn't girls, that- <laughs> soccer team behind you. <laughs> You're like, please crash. And they're like, but we're going no. to the championship in Cleveland. Direct. Now that I think of it. <laughs> Well, that's my manager's assistant's but then you fault, would get on. Mine. Then you would get on stage. Yeah. And then the audience would go, God, I wish the plane crashed. <laughs> <laughs> but you were free at that moment. And had the plane crashed, you wouldn't have had to be at this stupid that's podcast. Right. 
But isn't that weird? Like I, I would, I've never had thoughts like that, but I would literally, it would get me so anxious and bummed out. And I'm thinking, gee, look at all the crap going on in the world. And a tough flight to Cleveland is my biggest problem. But sometimes it's the dumbest little things. And I would just be like, so like get such a dark cloud. I just, please just cry. Like it's horrible. Mm. I'm glad I wasn't a seatmate. I'm sure you're in the middle seat. <laughs> no. Coach. No. Yeah, the guy would put me in the worst <laughs> seat on top of it. Yeah. Put you in the middle seat and coach, and then you're just sitting there going, please, dear God, can this plane crash? God. And then I'd be like, how about you just like OD on volume once, or volume once you get out the plane? Yeah, I right. would be like, why do I why have do to I be? Have to- part of this well i wasn't thinking for everyone else to perish but i guess now that you say that by by association Mm -hmm. my my death wish would have involved 250 other completely innocent people unless there was a miraculous commercial airplane crash when it's like the news hit and there was a horrible crash on southwest airlines only one comedian was killed the crew yeah. passengers all walked away <laughs> yeah. except for harlan williams the plane crashed and only one seat bounced out of the fuselage that was went down a cliff and it was that's me. right mm-hmm. and the look on his face when they found him was ah he looked like he wanted sweet it. relief yeah yeah, yeah. Sweet relief. i don't like when they do that thing where they're you're at the funeral and they're like he's gone to a better place yeah i'm like oh but we're still living here yeah you know what i mean like and my feeling is, is yeah. I don't even need to go. I just need to go to a place that's not as bad. It doesn't really have to be great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bakersfield's mm-hmm. nice. What about Fresno? Fresno. Yeah, yeah. we Fresno. Notice we both yeah. said yeah. Fresno. Yeah, because yeah. I probably played Bakersfield and then Fresno. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been in, and I'd, I'd stop me if this is too personal. I don't know if your folks are still with us or not. Mm-hmm. But my mom passed about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, for the life of me, still don't really understand the open casket concept because the mm. last time I saw my mom, I flew up to Canada and we knew she was going. She was had lung cancer and she was in in you know the hospice and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I went up for my final visit with her and mm-hmm. I said my goodbyes and you know. She was obviously still alive and still had some life in her eyes, and we had some conversations. But then you go to these funeral parlors, and there's this open casket. And and Mm. I I don't know if this sounds too cold or not, Mm. but I refused to look at her body in, in the funeral home because I didn't want to remember someone laying there I wanted to remember her being alive, and my last visual memory of her was when we were interacting. Mm-hmm. Did you, and, and if you don't want to talk about it, I get it, but did, did you experience anything like that or have you with someone close to you? No, because my family is very weird and very cheap, and they're all like either in the Neptune Society or they uh, gave their body to UCLA to be someone's cadaver or whatever oh, so wow. when anyone in my family died they just left so you didn't have like a, a big funeral where everyone showed up we didn't have a small funeral they just were you they were just like donated to science 
Yeah, well, the Neptune Society, which my grandparents were in, they just come pick you up. Were your parents mer- mermaids? <laughs> no. What do you my mean grandparents. the Neptune Society? The Neptune Society. Yes, I've never even heard of this. This is like the leap beyond the Quakers suddenly. Talk you, to you me, can, guy. You could sign up, like, you know, when you're 40. Underwater? For 40 bucks. And uh, you're a member. And is when this you, like Costco? When you go, yeah, they'll come get you. What? And they'll cremate you and throw you in the ocean. Are you cereal for? Yeah. Wait, the Neptune <laughs> Society. They're, they're gonna. They're, so I could potentially one day shoot a sea cow, and mm-hmm. it might have ingested your ashes. It's it's unlikely. Wait, I think but I just it's, stumped it's, you. It's mathematically in this cat possible. Mouse game. That was officially a stump right there, bro. <laughs> I had to think about you the got, odds. I think I'm, I'm I'm in the lead. I think I responded honestly by yeah, saying but, it would be an unlikely scenario. But I'm going to play back. There was a really long stump. You pause. There's a great clip where some senator was talking about the island of Guam or something, and he's talking to some four star admiral or yeah. something and he's like but if you put too many troops on the island is there a chance it could capsize <laughs> and he like paused and he was like uh we don't think that's likely <laughs> he wants to yell you're the dumbest person yeah. in the world but he's like he, he paused and he goes we don't anticipate that scenario that the island would capsize but it was a real question for like a sitting senator Idiot. from like 1992 or something but Idiot. that was kind of my answer to the manatee eating my ashes and then you killing it sure sure we don't anticipate that i think i'm going to take it as a point okay if you don't mind. all right i mean if all you right. can get one in before the end of this podcast <laughs> God, but work. i'm in the lead because of that okay i, I just want to say for the record i'm i'm officially in the lead in this cat and mouse game yeah one i'm up one guy all right you, you know get to work yeah well if as long as you're keeping score and umpiring mm-hmm. you may have an advantage i mean you don't even need an umpire that was obvious that giant pause you're right i mean you caught me off guard that was like was dolly slumming. parton's cleavage right there yeah, yeah. now go back because i've I, i've never heard of this neptune society mm. so that you join for 60 bucks when you die, they show up in what a van? Take your body. A station wagon, in my grandfather's case. Yeah. A station wagon. Take mm-hmm. your body where? To the crematorium. And they to a Farrells in Van Nuys. To the Farrells, they get ice cream. They, <laughs> no, they, to the place where they cremate you. Yeah, yeah. Not a creamery. <laughs> to the a crematorium. Sea, the crematorium. Yeah. yeah. Which is not mm-hmm. to be confused with a no, creamery. Not okay. Right. Like I don't want a mint chocolate chip like urn no, on my no shelf. Chunky monkey. Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> no. So they then they take your remains out mm-hmm. to the ocean. Can you can you uh, request a body of water? Can it be Lake Michigan? Can it be the Caspian Sea? Can it be the Dead Sea? Which would be very appropriate. Could be the Sea of Galilee, but you got to pay more. I've been there, by the way. Have you? Yep. Sweet. Isn't that wild? I was at the Sea of Galilee, which reportedly Jesus walked across. Oh, yeah? Isn't that the the body of water? Didn't I did walk on water, but I don't remember which body it was. You're the one that went to a Quaker school. You probably have a handle on this. But you did too. I was six, though. 
five. You know, I just realized we're just a couple of Quakers hanging That's around. Right. That's right. How fun. Uh, they would take you to the nearest ocean and dump so you. So you don't have a say. And like, let's say you're from the south now and y'all want to get dumped in the Mississippi River and flow down there where the catfish go, son. You want, I mean, you, you want that. And then they go dump you in the Atlantic Ocean up by Boston. I mean, that's not right. Mm. What accent was that? I don't know, but I'm <laughs> guessing you could make a request. Well, shouldn't you? You're paying for it. It's a service. Well, they, they, if I was to say they don't, don't flush I, I, you down the toilet, go, well, you did make it to the water. Yeah, I they mean, they might. Where was he buried? Oh, the uh, Staples Center uh, men's room, stall four. Right? First <laughs> they passed specific. it through the glory hole. And the, oh, well, that's Grandpa and Nana we're talking well, about. Well, that, that's what you're dealing with. They... Uh, I guess you take them at their word that they're going to go okay, to the ocean and dump They're going dump down the out. toilet. I'm they're going down an industrial Home Depot sink. They're going mm-hmm. down a drain in the floor of like a Jiffy Lube. They're, they're not, they're not, it's not an elegant end. There's no one in a white robe sprinkling them into the frothing surf at sunset down by uh, the Palisades. Yes. There's some janitor in blue overalls shaking it like cinnamon into a fucking toilet at Jiffy Lube. Yeah. Happy trails there, uh, Gramps. (laughs) I like the idea that three and a half minutes ago you've never heard about the Neptune Society, and now you're explaining in great deal the inner workings yeah. of the Neptune Society and their policies <laughs> yeah, as well. well. I'm not buying into it. I, you, I, when you mentioned I thought this might be for me. But when you said that you don't know where you end up, a, a body of water, water is water. I said you end up sprinkled over the open sea. Yeah, but you said you, you don't have control over what sea. Well, one doesn't, no. But... but, but Presumably, the next of kin would have some. You know what I've always wondered, too, about death and these zombie shows like The Walking Dead? Mm. Speaking of Larry, going mm-hmm. circling back to Larry, mm-hmm. which could officially be a second point because mm-hmm. of the, the master you know, Reference, maneuvering. Callback. Yeah. I always wondered in these zombie shows and in The Walking Dead 15 seasons, Everyone's so afraid of the walking dead people. How come they didn't write in just one necrophiliac Mm. who's up in a window and this guy's standing there naked and he sees 700 corpses walking down his street and he's just like, oh yeah, daddy's going to party tonight. I don't know if you have like, a lot of listeners in the South, Harlan, but you've done them a great disservice wait, by this service. That was this a, great, that this was, graceful characterization of folks who make their home in the southern no, part of this country. That was just Larry the necrophiliac. You know, you I Canadians think you can waltz in here and insult <laughs> some of the hardest working people. And <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, they're gonna party tonight. See. There you go again. But why, why, you know, wouldn't that be a necrophiliac's, like, dream? There's dead people everywhere. Well. Speaking of the Neptune Society. But I don't know if you're a necrophiliac, if, you know, the person trying to take a bite out of you during lovemaking is something you're looking forward to. Like, I think you're looking for more docile partner. A necrophiliac wants 
a dead person to have sex with, right? Mm-hmm. So what if you're used to going into the morgue, you go into the funeral home after hours, have a little fun, throw around a 69, whatever. <laughs> but now here you got a stiffy who's got a little animation in their mm. bones. They got mm-hmm. a little life. You can actually, you know, feel a little something coming back at you. So this is like if you're a pedophile and you found a 13-year-old with a fake ID. I never thought of it in those terms, but maybe. I think this is what you're describing. No, I'm talking about a necrophiliac is a guy who or girl who likes to do it with daddies, stiffies. Understood. I mean, they would love the zombie apocalypse, but you never. What I'm saying is, you never see that character in these zombie shows, like Larry the necrophiliac. Well. I know they're gonna party tonight. <laughs> I know one mm. of the head writers over you do? Dead Walking Dead, and he did tell me that on season sixteen, there the guy's not named Larry, but they're having a necrophilia. Are you serial? Mm-hmm. No, I'm Quaker. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. Wow, I mean, you... his name's Terry, but I Terry shouldn't say anymore. Close to Larry. Yeah, maybe you get another point for that one. Isn't it weird though? Like if you don't do the Neptune thing, though, Adam, that the last person that kind of physically interacts with your body is just someone you don't know, a mortician Mm -hmm. who has access to your whole human flesh. Mm -hmm. And then all his access to it, I think at some point they're like siphoning out organs and the meat that corrodes quickly and then injecting you with embalming fluid. Like most people probably don't think about that final ending is they're kind of being sort of put on display is it yeah i, I think i think that's ugh. why you have to just be cremated yeah like does that freak you out uh, the part where you're embalmed and yeah. stuff yes i that seems very archaic Isn't to it me. We, yeah the fact that we still even do that what what, what are you going to do when you go uh i'd like to i'd like to earn some money for my family oh okay because you know they're not going to have the breadwinner around anymore. So, and I'd like to kind of figure out a way to get paid for dying after, yeah, like one last gig after death. Oh, I think I know where this is going. Stunt, Bo- stunt work. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say body works. No, because that's what I'm doing. I'm doing stunt. Well, I'm doing body work because I'm a showman. Mm-hmm. And body works is that thing they take around in the museums and mm. they pose the cadavers. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm going to be uh, posed on an Italian bocce ball team. Mm. Just stripped down, just my anatomy. And they'll pay you for that. Yeah, and I'm going to have a bocce ball, and I'm going to be playing a bocce. Yeah, Corolla's an Italian name, Harlan. Oh, yeah. So You want to be on my uh, bocce ball team? Bit. No, I'm, I'm inviting you to be on my bocce ball team. At the, You can make some money being on sh- you're, you're a performer. I got to check how much, but I, I'm pretty much set with the stunt work. I think you'll make a lot more traveling to prominent museums around the country as a stiffy playing bocce ball than uh, doing stunt work. I don't know if those work. guys get to keep hammering checks, but I'll look into it. Have you ever seen the posters for those things? Have you ever seen a dummy fall off the roof of a building and how fake it looks? Yeah. Well, not this time. Oh, really? So, Oh, so you want them to throw your cadaver off the building? Well, you get two choices. At least you, they you don't get need the to weird, spend money on an airbag. You get the weird limp dummy that falls yeah, off. Yeah, it looks horrible. 
or you get the actual stunt man, but he falls behind the barrier onto an air thing. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you don't yeah. see him you hit. You never see him hit. This is human flesh hitting sidewalk. Oh, wow. Filmed all the way down. What's that movie, that horror movie that came out a few years ago called Summer Fest or something? About, did you ever see it? The kids, they went to this... Like this Danish like flower festival. I heard about that. And they the, these these the, the these two leaders of it like jump off a cliff and you just see it and they land right and it looks so real. Mm. I almost wonder if it was real. Yeah, they got different laws over there in Europe. Yeah, you're allowed to kill yourself for a movie, but but those the, the, have you ever seen the posters for the um, the the body works things? Mm-hmm. Where they put the banners all in. They go body works. Yeah. And then they have like like they have these stripped yeah. anatomical and I thought it's all red and, and lime. Yeah. I thought it was a sushi restaurant. <laughs> and I showed up at the place and tried to reserve a table for two on a date and uh, it was unbelievable. I thought it was like sushi. We're going we may deduct another point for that. Did I just go back to zero? You may yeah, you may be So we're even again. Well, like in jeopardy, you know what I mean? Fuck. You, you, you screw the pooch on the daily double. Yeah. Well, you got to admit that they do when the, the, that anatomical body with no epidermis, cover, it does look like sushi a bit. Do I get a little yeah, something? I, I agree, but uh, there may be a, a, a deduction there. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to consult somebody about that. I never thought about that job, but the, you're right. That could be a moneymaker because you Mm -hmm. do the stunt thing. A, you go off Why are you doing bocce ball? Why not stand up? That's a good idea. Up there. Just a guy holding the mic. Holding the mic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I went to it. You did. And I love horror movies. Mm -hmm. And I go to this thing in some city. I was bored. So I go to Body Works. Mm. And they've got these cadavers. These are real people. Right. For whatever reason, there's, there was a guy riding a horse, like a full-blown cadaver of a horse with all its flesh peeled and yeah. skin peeled off, a soccer player, and then mm. the worst one, and I, I actually laughed. I got queasy. They had one of a woman, and she was cut in half, okay? They cut her right down the middle, showed the cross-section, but not only was she cut in half, she was pregnant and had a fetus in her stomach, and the fetus was cut in half. Hold on, I'm gonna grab some nachos. I'll be back in a second. Dude, I was like, "What, what the, the hell?" I well, was well like, that's on you. No, it's on that. It's like I I came here to. What see. are you going in there for? I was curious. I thought it was a sushi thing. There's no batting cage or golf or go kart track or something nearby. You had to go in and see all the cadavers. It was been freaky. put to a bandsaw. I felt sick. You know, sometimes people go to Disneyland every day. You get those weirdos. Yeah. I wonder if Jeffrey Dahmer went to Body Works every day and just salivated. I feel like he was around before they were around. Yeah. But he could have been one of the early investors <laughs> if they were yeah, looking. Definitely. <laughs> they're looking for cash because he's probably telling them, no, you're not doing it right. That I, uh, I've i seen the ads. Yeah, don't it's like, go. It's, it's like when I see an ad for a mega church or Scientology or something. I don't go, oh, the siren song. Like, I'm, I'm allured now. I, I just look at it and I go, not for me. I know. I mean, it's like when people a few years ago, remember they were talking about puppetry of the penis? Yeah. I didn't go in. No. I got it. Yeah. I saw it by accident because they had it at the Montreal Comedy Festival. 
So I, I, you know, when you're there, you see all the acts. So oh, I saw them, and it. I never wanted to go either, but when you I thought saw thought you're going to go in and get some brats, uh, <laughs> <laughs> some guy waving his ball sack around. Uh, by the way, which could have used some moisturizer. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, call back. Ching, ching, ching. <laughs> the table is even. Set you up like a bowling pin, Harlan. A bocce pin. Uh, Sorry, um, you saw puppetry of the penis. Yeah, yeah, it was it was actually sort of funny and amusing. It got tired after about three minutes. You get it, but mm-hmm. the first like three minutes, you're like, "This has never been done before. I've never mm-hmm. seen it." Okay, credit to how them. do they present it? They come out and they're nude and they've got coverings and uh, it's these Australian guys and then they just start doing different like things you can do with the you can see their like, faces and everything oh yeah and they're 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 hamming and it's kind of like a mixture of origami animal balloons oh and, i saw these guys in vegas i think they call themselves uh, blue balls yeah yeah no that's blue man group <laughs> oh, okay. blue balls group i was just shooting for a point that's all no you yeah, definitely didn't no get one show. but you might get a point when we close the show adam mm. We do a thing called Words from a Wooden Shoe. Mm. And the way this works is you reach into this authentic Dutch clog. There's random mm-hmm. words in here. Mm-hmm. And if it if it inspires a memory or a mm. story, this is how we end the show out. So pick okay. a word out. And uh, what's it say? So saliva. Saliva. Inspire any memories or stories? I was uh, kind of a, always been a mouth breather. Oh, me too. Yeah, I have a deviated septum. I think I have a deviated septum too. Probably the boxing. And I always had my mouth hanging open even when I was a little kid. Okay. And there used to be a lot of abuse for breathing through your mouth. Like, hey, go get a fly in there. Come on, get that mouth shut. Yeah. Like, I don't know why dads, other people's dads, were invested in me closing my mouth <laughs> yeah, when I was yeah. breathing. But yeah. I couldn't really, was uncomfortable to breathe through my nose. Yeah. So I just hung my mouth open, and then people thought I was dumb because when you breathe from your mouth, somehow that's an indicator of a lower IQ. And then I would tended to drool a lot because when I was really little, I couldn't control it. Even now, when I sleep as a mouth breather, I will occasionally puddle up the pillow. (laughs) Really? So (laughs) you do that thing where you fall asleep on your side, and you're like... You're breathing through your mouth. Next thing you know, you realize, oh, Jesus, my face is stuck to the pillow because I've been drooling out the side of my mouth. But, um, yeah, saliva reminds me okay. of being yelled at to shut my mouth, not because I was talking, just yeah. because I was breathing. Yeah. And for some reason, at least here in the States, the most entertaining take they could take on the mouth, they could give to the mouth breathers, you could get flying there. Yeah. Which I don't think ever really happened. Yeah. But uh, there are other occasions where one would open their mouth when no one accused them of trapping a fly, you yeah. know. But I was a, a mouth breather. I'm thinking about breathing through my nose. And yeah. um, I, I drooled. Wow, interesting. Yeah, mm. I'm a mouth breather too. I have a, a crazy deviated septum. And if you go to me, go to a movie with me, or not with me. I've had people, I sit there in the movie and I'm like, <sighs> and I sound like Darth Vader. Yeah. I've, I've literally had strangers like halfway through a movie just do this to me. They just go, <laughs> like, they, like, and I'm just like, <sighs> <laughs> it's just like horrible. Well, what I realized is 
I couldn't breathe and eat at the same time. Oh, so wow. I did a lot of eating with my mouth open and people would yell at me, <laughs> oh, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm breathing and eating. God. And they'd be like, shut your mouth. You're so rude. Like, I, I learned when I was older to oh. kind of shut my mouth when yeah. I ate. But I used to just like chew and just eat and breathe at the same time. Oh, and people hated me for that. And the worst thing of all, you ever do this, you sleep all night, you're a mouth breather, and you wake up and your tongue is completely dry. Cleaving to the roof of your mouth. Right? It's just dry. And you, you wake up and it feels like a camel did a turd in your mouth. You're just like, what is that? Yeah. Because you're not, you, when, are you, when do you ever feel your tongue bone dry? It never happens. But when you wake up and it's dry, it literally feels that you think someone snuck in your room and stuck a potato in your mouth. Yeah. It's that I, same sensation. Which yeah. I'm glad neither of us did to each other today because what a great talk. What enchant. It was an enchanting talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, buddy, before we go, can you please tell the audience how they can watch you watch your fabulous podcast get your social media any of your projects you want to plug i got a book out called everything reminds me of something and you can get it wherever you get books and you go to amcrawl.com for any live appearances or podcasts or you know it's all there but Adam's podcast, the Adam Carolla Show, is one of the biggest, the best, one of the earliest. Adam was one of the pioneers of the whole podcast era. And just in all seriousness, buddy, an inspiration to me. Well, and thank you. Yeah, honestly, you, you're one of the first guys that grabbed this medium, even before Joe Rogan and everybody. And you you made it into a, a real thing. And and. You've had me on your podcast all these years, and it's all you've always been a really big inspiration, and that's Thanks. part of why I'm doing this. <laughs> and so I'm honored to have you here, and to show how honored I am, I'm giving you the win. Oh, for no, the cat and mouse! Yeah, I think people listening are going to realize that you should have your hand lifted after this. So, meow. <laughs> Buddy, that's it for today. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Carolla, check out his podcast. It's fantastic. Get his book. Go see him do stand-up. Uh, go to his website. Uh, Adam, great to have you here, buddy. Thanks, that, Arlen. You're very welcome. Thank you. And that's it for today, everybody. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Thanks, man. I'm really thinking about getting flushed when I die, thanks to you. Oh, oh, I see. Piss on my ashes, huh, guy? Wow, it's right behind you in there. <laughs> Gee. Unreal. <laughs>